Cinema 7. My name is John Kanoki. I'm uh, the de facto host today, I guess. That's what we call uh, the guy hosting now. Uh, to my left, we have Mari Bukhari. What's up? What's up, John? What's up, everybody? What's up, Randy? Oh, yeah, wait, you're going to introduce Randy. Never mind. Shh, it's a surprise. Uh, to my right is Chris Hawk. Yo, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up, Mario? What's up, John? What's up, Randy? Oh, wait, we're going to introduce Randy next. You are, you're uh, always I such can't... a troll. <laughs> and then our special guest today is uh, Randy from the Black Star podcast and audiobook. Uh, Randy, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm I'm glad I was introduced so I could say hi. How's it going, guys? Yeah, I mean they're uh, you know just delivering the spoilers early. Chris Hawk about to talk about Infinity War again, dropping a billion spoilers. I hope everyone knows that by now that <laughs> dies. You probably have to bleep that out because it's still too early. It's still too soon. <laughs> still too soon. But uh, yeah, so we're talking about Solo today and uh, how much Mario hated it because he said he was going to hate it from the day the trailer it was announced. He said he was going to hate it. So that's what this is the focal point. Randy's here telling us why he thinks Mario hates it even though he doesn't know him. <laughs> Not really. But uh, we got some news first and Chris Hawk's in charge of that. He says he has news, but... I'm not quite sure if he does. I never know with Chris Hawk, so take it away. All right, so we got the news. The thing, you know, the news, news, the news. I want to start off strong, all right? And coming off his Academy Award-winning movie, The Shape of Water, Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro, is in talks with Netflix to have his own series at Netflix. What do you guys think about this awesome news? Um... I guess it could be kind of unique. If he, is he gonna? Is there any other details other than that? It's probably gonna involve you know probably some of his passion prop uh, projects to do with Cthulhu. You know, the sh- I think there's one project that he's had on his mind for like 12 years that he hasn't been able to make, and I think I forget what it's called, but it has something to do with the um, Cthulhu and all that stuff. Hmm. Uh, if if it's uh if he can afford to do like practical stuff on it on a series that'd be pretty neat to see like his because I like his uh special effects and and stuff in his movies um what's our guest Randy think what do you, what do you think about Del Toro and something like along the lines of him having his own Netflix series well I like a lot of his work that I've seen so far and uh, I'd probably give it a try I'm sure it's gonna be blasted all over the billboard when you open up Netflix. So yeah. I'm going to have to see it, but um, I won't watch it reluctantly. You know, I'll watch it gladly and you know, I'll give it its due time to see what I think of it. That's interesting. A Netflix series, though? Does he have to, I guess if he's not doing anything else. I don't know. That's. I feel like that's like, it's going to be like a from the mind of Guillermo del Toro, but then other people basically doing most of it. I don't know. I wonder if he pitched it in the form to other uh, venues as, you know, this is going to be kind of horror and it might be above the rated for TV. So maybe Netflix is the best way, the best avenue for his mind and his works, because I don't know if you put The Shape of Water in a series. I don't know if you could put that on television because, you know, a lady and a fish kind of do it. 
Yeah, but they don't show it. They show her butt. That's true. I don't know. I think it's interesting that he went with Netflix and not anyone else, you know. I feel like he could do some kind of like a Twilight Zone thing where each episode's different and it's like what John was saying from the mind of Del Toro. I could see something like that. That'd be pretty interesting. Or uh, who's the, who's the guy that writes uh, Cthulhu and all them stories? Lovecraft. Yeah, what if he does like Lovecraft stuff? That'd be interesting. I guess we'll have to who, see though. I don't know who has the rights to all that, but that'd be pretty cool. All right, moving on. Uh, so it has been confirmed that James Mangold, who directed uh, Logan, is now writing and directing a Bubba Fett movie. Cue excitement. Cue applause. No, no, none of that. I mean, I'm excited for it. You like Boba Fett, Ryan, Randy? Yeah, he's uh, probably one of my favorite characters who got an unjust death, uh, in my opinion. But you know how George Lucas works. Did he die, though? Is that confirmed? I mean, n- not in the expanded universe. I mean, with the way they're going, that, that's probably going to be canon. Yeah, I mean, talk about that a little later, maybe, but... yeah. Completely on the same page. Mario, how, how do you feel about this? I know you're the biggest Boba Fett supporter out there. <laughs> I'm more of a Django Fett fan myself. So, I mean, I like the idea of Boba Fett and I like the act. I like the guy who played young Boba Fett. He's really cool on social media. Uh, Daniel Logan. He seems like a pretty nice guy. And I'm hardcore uh, petitioning for him to be in another Star Wars movie. So, if he... I mean... It'd be cool if it was him just to bring him back, uh, to have it come full circle, you know, especially when uh, we'll talk about some things later that kind of come full circle in a sense with Solo. I don't know, because he it's what people want. I just hope they have other bounty hunters in the movie. I think that'd be neat if they have him have a team or if other if other bounty like a rat race type thing, like there's other bounty hunters trying to get the same thing, maybe. A rat race bounty hunter movie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that could actually work really well if done right. It's actually already a novel. Um, it's like an older Star Wars one. It's called Tales of the Bounty Hunters. And it's like all the bounty hunters from episode five that are on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. And they're all basically going after Solo and it's all their perspectives. So, I mean, I'd watch it. Oh my God. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Chris Hawk, how do you feel about this? You're just giving the news. You're not giving opinions. I feel like they're going to do exactly what my Boba Fett pitch was. That's that's never going going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mace Windu is dead, Chris Hawk. Uh, I mean, that's what you think. Yeah, that's what you think. Nobody's dead. Uh, I'm I'm not really excited for it. Boba Fett's never really been my thing. Uh, I want, I think a lot of fans want something else other than entries in between the movies. I think they want something past the galaxy, you know, outside the Skywalker saga. They want something new, like what um, John Favreau and what Ryan Johnson are about to do. I think they want something new. Well, I mean, we don't know what Ryan Johnson's doing yet, so uh, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, there's the the rumor about the Lando, uh, them wanting to do a Lando movie. Uh, Randy, how do you feel about that? Well... I think he's not as largely beloved as as Han Solo was, obviously, but I think, uh, man, I think Lando was just 
a knockout for for this film, and I think people would go and see it after seeing the performance. Uh, I think it would do well, and uh, I mean, as long as it's written well and they don't butcher any dialogue, I mean, I, I really see it doing well. Yeah, I could I could easily see that work. I just I, it, I worry about the plot. That's the the problem. It you know it has to have the right plot and. Uh, I guess supporting characters because I guess if you're focusing purely on Lando, that's that's going to be an interesting movie. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I assume this was your next piece of uh, news. Chris Hawk was the Lando movie. No, nah, I don't care about Lando. Our last piece of news is about the new addition to the Spider-Man Two Homecoming, whatever it's called. Uh, it's rumored. I don't think it's actually confirmed yet, but Jake Gyllenhaal is slated to be. Quentin Beck, or in other words, Mysterio. Yeah, I saw this. I forgot that was a piece of news we haven't talked about. Look, I love Mysterio as much as the next person, but Jake Gyllenhaal, come on. What do you mean? What do you mean, come on, John? Look, he's a great actor, but... No, 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 no. He's an amazing actor. Why do we need such big names? Why do we need that? You had two big names for Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. I know. I I wasn't comparing them. I'm not Mario. I'm not comparing. No, no, no. I'm saying like, why not well, big names? I just, I mean, do we? Why do we have to have the star power to bring like a villain like that to the the screen? Why can't we let the villain do it? It's money. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna hate it. You think if they're he's gonna in the movie? I'm gonna love it probably because it's gonna be good. But I just, you know, I have that complaint a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you guys think? Do you do you think maybe? They try to go too eccentric with a Jake Gyllenhaal, maybe like a, a Electro it from Amazing Spider-Man Two. Well, he's not crazy. He's just a little bit jaded because he couldn't get a job in Hollywood, so he takes it out on everyone else. So I don't know if he'd be on. I don't know if they're going to do the unhinged route. I mean, they obviously could, but they're, he's probably going to be like. It's, he's almost going to be like Green Goblin in one, where he's going to try to probably attack the people that denied him jobs. You know, that didn't want to form a partnership with him or stuff like that. That could be an easy motivation for him or something like that. But I, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal by himself, I've seen what he can do in Nightcrawler. He could be a fantastic villain. And he actually, he's pretty terrifying in that movie. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see Jake Gyllenhaal. Randy, what do you think? I like him as an actor. Um, I wouldn't go see it just for him, but it would be interesting to see how they kind of treat him in the space of the movie, because you guys were pointing out, he's such a big name that um, might end up being kind of like a black hole for attention in the movie when you already have so much going on. Like that was kind of the problem with the amazing Spider-Man that didn't do so amazing. There were just (laughs) too much happening. I don't, I mean, and they're, I think they confirmed, you know, Vulture was still going to be, did they say anything about Michael Keaton coming back? Yeah. Michael Keaton's also coming back. Okay, well, I mean, we'll see what they do there, but that's that's a lot of space, you know, being taken up. What was uh, the other rumor? Um, Black Panther 2, Donald Glover, something with him about that too, right? He might be the villain in that, or they people speculating or something. So there's rumor that, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan and Donald Glover are going to be for um, Black Panther 2. And apparent, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a king, uh, one of the... Fl- ancestor scenes for michael b jordan since he was a, a black panther if he's gonna uh, i mean is this gonna be a thing where a person plays two characters in the universe i mean do you know how 
you know how many times Killmonger comes back in the comics? He could be the villain. <laughs> I think people would still love that movie. <laughs> I, it could be the same movie, and I think people would love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Prowler, uh, he could, Donald Glover could be the Prowler, and maybe because Killmonger was, uh, you know, this mercenary of type, maybe he was selling them weapons, or he was doing, uh, Donald Glover's Prowler was doing something with Killmonger, so he was in on the deal, and maybe he goes to, who the heck knows, resurrect him or something. I, I mean, it's all speculation, but... Uh, I mean, the Prowler, he, he looks like a... He kind of has cat-like powers also. I mean, his suit kind of looks like a cat also at the same time, so maybe maybe he plays his different character. We won't know. It's just weird. It's going to be a, a battle royal movie of 100 people wearing cat suits, and you got to figure out who Black Panther actually is because they can't talk. Yeah, Craven the Hunter is going to most dangerous game, trap them, and hunt them all down on an island. I hope they just let Donald Glover's character, whoever it ends up being, uh, just be independent. If it is an antagonist, like not have him rely too much on a, a past performance. You know, he's... He's a good standalone uh, actor, and I think he'd do well without so much assistance. I like that. That's a good end to news. I got nothing less left unless, unless you guys do. You guys have any news you want to discuss before we move into uh, Mario's number one movie of the year? <laughs> uh, there, nothing really. I still see a lot of people pushing for the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, Randy, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I personally think that I don't know how what good the Snyder cut would have been anyway. I mean, I don't know how much they changed or anything. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to say, I I have not been pleased with Snyder's presentation of the DC universe. Um, I happen to enjoy DC a lot on paper, uh, oh but God. I mean, cinematically his approach uh, until recently has mostly been to just put things in slow motion and make it a three hour movie. <laughs> I agree, Randy. Is a hundred percent accurate. Already, our new favorite person. If we don't have any news, <laughs> oh man, that was amazing. I want to frame that. I kind of want to frame that. That was so amazing. <laughs> if we don't have any news, let's uh, let's talk solo. Welcome to the main event. Let's do just a quick, brief, uh, non-spoiler. You know, what you thought of the movie, say as little as possible, because this part never really matters. We just do it for those people that haven't seen it yet, but uh, listen to the episode early, because they're monsters or something, I don't know. Uh, Mario, you can start us off. You know, for... <laughs> Randy, you'll, uh, as I said earlier, you know, that um, for two years, I was like, this movie should not be made, this movie shouldn't exist... Uh, th- th- there's no reason a Han Solo movie should be made. Like, there's no way you can show growth of a character who's already had growth. And uh, you know, we s- seen his end, and maybe it was him and Chewie in the in the Falcon reminiscing on a mission or something. I thought they could do, but uh, you know, I I I've, and as many times as I doubt it, and how everyone was pushing, you know, I'm gonna buy you a ticket, so you have to see it. I enjoyed the movie. For uh, what it was, I think everyone involved did a really good job in the movie, acting-wise. I liked what all the actors did. I I thought they did a really good job. Uh, I thought the acting was great. I thought the action was awesome. I really liked the action, especially uh, some of the action towards the end. 
And uh, I, I thought the plot was really good, what what they were doing. And it was almost like a heist movie to me. And uh, it, it was cool to see Chewie do more than he usually does, I feel like. At least from, in my opinion. Randy, non-spoilers, you know, just a, a brief summary. What you, would you think of the movie? All right, off the top of my head, I liked it. Uh, there were things about it that I did not like or care for. Um, and, you know, just to be vague, I mean, sometimes the the dialogue just kind of hurt me um, to listen to. It was a little, like, cringy, but um, maybe some of the writing for... Uh, I mean, the only character that I didn't care for the writing was uh, Kira. I like, Emily Clark's character was a little bit boring, um, and a friend talked, you know, brought up the same thing to me, too, so it was just, okay, I wasn't the only one that noticed that. And, uh, you know, those, those quirks aside, I definitely enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the soundtrack a lot. Um, and definitely enjoyed all of the sound effects in it. Um, the actors were great. I feel like they casted people very well. And, uh, yeah, I do like the way that they intertwined it with the rest of the universe. I have to second that with Randy. Like, I thought the soundtrack was really good too. Uh, Especially, uh, what's her, what's, uh, what's it called? Song. Eden Nest song. I thought that was pretty neat. Chris Hawk, how'd you feel about this, uh, the soundtrack? Chris Hawk liked the soundtrack. Oh my God. He's referring to himself as a third person now. Now, what'd you think overall, Chris Hawk, before we move into spoilers and uh, get more in depth? So Han Solo, uh, no, it's just called Solo, a Star Wars story. I, I thought it was fun. It, it really, there's no other words to describe this movie as fun. You get to see the origins of Han and Chewie, which is a great relationship to see. We get to see grow. We get to see Han, you know, start off his origins as a smuggler, which is always fun to see. We get to see an, like, a growing of lore for the Star Wars universe of like the darker side, un- darker underbelly that doesn't involve the rebellion. You know, we get to see another facet of the shady processings of what goes involved you know, other than just a rebellion in an empire, you know, we do see a little bit more to the empire. We see some nice nods to some, the animated series and stuff, which might, I think that's a spoiler also. Um, overall, just go over that. Yeah. I don't, I don't follow rules overall. I say it's strong in character acting. It's very strong in other areas. It's lacking, but we'll get into that when, yeah, so me personally, I I have to just echo what you guys said. I, I am pleasantly surprised by it. I was not very high on it, but it wasn't that I disliked it. I just didn't have... I had zero expectations, and I think that aided me in actually enjoying it. Uh, I do support anything that does uh, some of the world building that this did, with just in terms of the Empire and, uh, you know how that was portrayed in certain scenarios and uh, some, some new locations, you know, I think for the movie universe is always a good thing. I really liked it, but enough non spoilers. Let's go full spoilers. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Chris Hawk bring up the first subject just cause I'm feeling generous here. Well, I got a subject and, to bring up cause oh, see, I was going to go to you, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I was feeling like you were going to interrupt anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt. Shut up, Chris Hawk. Uh, Randy brought it up earlier about the uh, dialogue. Randy, did you also feel like that they kind of echoed to future things or 
past things a little too much. Yeah, it was like, you know everyone who went to go see this movie is already a fan with some knowledge base of the universe, so you don't have to like spell it out for them like, oh, that's what his last name means. Like, we, you know, yeah. a lot of things like that did happen, and, you know, sometimes the subtleties were nice, but for me, more often than not, they were not subtle, or not subtle enough. Now, like, like the, the rebel uh, line... Or resistance line, I guess. That's the at the end. Which one? Yeah, that that one was you're talking about with the uh, Ness. Forgot her first name, but yeah, I always Infus forget Ness. too. Ephrus, I think her name. Yeah, where she's like, uh, you, I I don't know what it is. It's it's E and Y's and S's. I yeah, I thought that was a little forced too, like a little forced uh, connection to the Republic or the. Rebel Alliance. I thought you didn't really need to show that in this movie. And uh, an extended universe. I think. I think the Cloud Riders are an extended universe, and I think they. Uh, uh, I don't know if they have any connection to the Rebel Alliance. So I thought that was kind of weird, at least from my knowledge. I don't know. Her name is Enfys. There we go. I said E N F Y S. I said Eden earlier, so that's my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Uh... I think, Randy, we were talking about that, too, with the, the whole uh, extended universe tie-ins. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But, uh, Chris Hawk, did you, did you feel the same way about this dialogue? Because I completely agree. I do feel like some of the lines were, like, super forced. It's like they had to dumb it down for you, almost. Yeah, I do think, like, the how he got his, la- his solo name. Uh, I mean, I said to Mario that it was kind of... What did I say, Mario? I said it wasn't that bad. But it, it is almost an eye roller. Um, you had so many callbacks and Easter eggs were kind of groaners to the point where almost it was tongue in cheek. Like, oh, did you guys get this reference? Yeah. Yeah. Same same way. I felt the same way. I was like, OK, you, you don't like Randy said, you don't have to. We, we, we If you're a Star Wars fan and you're seeing this movie, you don't really have to. Like, know. I like the fact that Beckett killed Aura Singh, but just like. It doesn't really help the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? I I love the fact that Aura Singh was name drop, but you know it could have been done in a a less a more subtle way than just saying, "Oh, you killed Aura Singh." You know, thank you for getting that uh, bounty or getting that thing off my head. It would it would have been a lot it would have been a lot more subtle and probably wouldn't have lost a little viewing. Randy, was that one of the parts too you were referring to? I actually, that part completely went over my head uh, oh, until really? you guys, yeah, I didn't catch that. Uh, you know, I just caught that he clearly did Lando a favor, but I, maybe it's the way that they pronounce the name versus the way that I read it in my own head, but <laughs> no, like, okay. I mean, they did put some hard emphasis on it and I do remember the emphasis the most. Yeah. Cause it, uh, they were like, what? He killed, <laughs> he killed Arce. Oh my God. I think that's part of the problem, uh, too, with these these callbacks is, I, I mean, I'll talk about this later, too, but that Aura Singh reference, for instance, a lot of people don't get that. Right. But it's so forced, like, for, to dumb it down for the people that know what they're talking about. Like, I feel like almost you're kind of insulting the fans, <laughs> but not really. I mean, not on purpose, but it's like. You gotta you gotta throw these callbacks in our face for people that know what you're talking about because you're either gonna know or you're not. 
Like you either you either know who Aura Singh is or you don't. There's no in between. It's not like, oh, I, I think I heard that. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know this to be true, but I feel like her first when you first see her is episode one when she's watching the pod race. Yeah, she's and, in the pod. She's actually yeah. in number one. Yeah. And she's, uh, I know they bring her into some comics and stuff, and then she's in the Clone Wars uh, show. And, um, you know, I mean, why not? Let's talk about now. We're in spoilers. But uh, Darth Maul it comes up at the end, and he's a connection to both Episode One and the Clone Wars. And I think I think it's in, uh, what's his name? Uh, Warwick Davis was Weasel from the crowd of the pod race. It's funny because Ron Howard was, I don't know if it was true or if it was a rumor, but I remember there was a thing I saw where he was supposed to, or Lucas wanted him to direct episode one and he turned it down for another project or something. Uh, Randy, do you know anything about that? No, I don't. I forget where I read that or who told me, but it's once I saw all these episode one things, I, I was like, it's interesting that Ron Howard directed this one and he turned down and you know, all these episodes, he turned down episode one and all these episode one things are popping up in the movie. And I know him and work Davis are friends because of um, what's that movie? Willow. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen you're it. You're correct. You are correct, Mario. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I was making sure I got the name right. Cause you know, I, I got name. I get names wrong. It, it's just really fun to see because you know all those directors are friends. You know Ron Howard, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg—they're all great friends. And I think it's like it's like an homage to Lucas what Ron Howard was doing for this movie. I think he tried to handle it as best he could, try to give a little back to Lucas with the prequels, show some love there, introduce a character that a lot of kids loved when they first came out. You know Darth Maul, bringing him back into the fold, making him a pivotal villain maybe if they don't you know if they don't do a sequel for han solo and if he somehow it, it, um shows up in the bubba fett and obi-wan movie you have a arcing villain between three different movies now which could work but i think ron howard's doing something fun here I, and i think he did it purpose yeah but is it is it ron howard or or is it Kaz, the kasdans who uh, wrote that in how much of Lucasfilm is involved in these scripts is what I want to know. Uh, Randy, do you have any um, you, any knowledge on that? or uh, Not as far as their involvement, but I do know that it's still, uh, from what I've heard, I've been to Star Wars Celebration a couple times, and they'll talk about it on panels, where they still consult Lucas for certain things. Uh, you know, Even though he sold Star Wars, they still come back to him one for for sense of authenticity and I guess maybe two out of gesture but um the uh I mean the Kasdan like name has been on Star Wars for a long time so I imagine if anyone has a direct input uh, you know connection with Lucas it it would be someone with that last name yeah he helped with uh return and empire right I believe so yeah I, I, I... I was reading uh, like some people d- debating about how much he was, you know, involved in this online. Like they were just talking about it. I I could see it being a lot, and you know, him throwing in these like callbacks that we wouldn't necessarily expect. I mean, if if he's as involved or has been as involved in the universe as like 
you know, we think he is since, you know, the very beginning. I mean, he's probably the best person to do it. You're talking about Kazan, right, John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with that. Since he's been there, uh, there was a thing, too, he said where I hate to bring up prequel stuff, but I always do. Is the Metachlorians, he said, was like an idea Lucas had since when they were writing Empire or something. I believe Kazan was quoted on. Now, we know, I, I think we know everybody's opinion on Metachlorians except Randy. So, Randy, throw it out there. Like him, hate him. It doesn't seem entirely necessary. Um, it seems like a cool idea, but I mean, clearly you, you know, you, you really start hearing about them in the prequel trilogies. Like that's when, that's when they have some attention. But I mean, for the most part, I think you can usually gauge a person's force ability just by demonstration on the screen. And that's, that's been the way to do it most of the time. Like I mean, when they, they bring it up at, they don't like have it demonstrated hand in hand with a readout of their their midichlorians, but I don't know. I, I feel like it was maybe like a cool tie-in for technology, which you know makes it even more of a hard sci-fi, I guess. But um, they didn't bother me. I just don't think they were necessary. Mario, I know you love midichlorians. <laughs> Do you want them to uh, have a midichlorian measuring stick in Episode Nine? Yeah, I want them to stick a measuring stick right into the bloodstream, uh, into the arm. And I want you, to see the count you want, rise. You want um, Ray to get cut, and instead of blood, it's midichlorians popping out? Exactly, and then they form another Ray, and she's cloned. And it's almost like the ending to Annihilation. And, uh, you know, this like big... A, a weird, uh, yeah. almost oh, yeah. dubstep trance uh, yep. dance thing going on. Exactly. And then Ray's got to kill herself with a thermal detonator. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't even <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> What were we talking about? We are talking about... We are talking about the involvement with the like the, um, the prequel stuff and, and the Clone Wars things. Yeah, and uh, Specifically Darth Maul, I think, is what we were talking about initially. Talking about the good Easter eggs, you know? Yeah. Kind so, of. And the references. Right, I wanted to bring this up. How do you guys feel about Darth Maul? Now, I know you like it, but that can, it goes back to the Aura Singh thing. A lot of people don't know he's alive because they've never watched the animated shows. That, that actually confuses a lot of people. They're like, wait, when is this set? Because they don't understand that, you know, he didn't die. So I, I feel like it's almost too much. Like, that is something that maybe should have been dumbed down for people. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's, it's a major plot point, I think, and it's going to be important for these other movies, I assume. I saw a thing online where people were uh, thinking that the... This was, they were confusing where the timeline was. and They said that they thought it was before Phantom Mass. Yeah, or something goofy like that. And I was like, who the heck is confusing them? But I mean, if you. It's, it's honest to goodness, it could happen because you know, the average moviegoer is going to see Darth Maul and they're going to be like, hey, he was in the first one. Well, it's obvious. Like, people who are Star Wars fans are going to. So, are you saying that not a lot of non Star Wars fans, like, people have seen. I feel like people who are big, like Star Wars fans, have seen the Clone Wars at least. I don't know. I don't think that's accurate. That's weird. I think a lot of kids today that you know love Star Wars haven't seen it. I think a lot of older adults missed it because they weren't a part of that. They didn't watch it. Hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, just for instance, uh, my my GM who you know has loved Star Wars since he was a kid. 
he's only seen them because he has kids and they watched Rebels. Like, that's yeah. the only reason he knows. He's never watched Clone Wars, and it's because they watched Rebels. But a lot of parents don't have that kind of interest in those things, especially if they were jaded from the prequels. I just, I think, I don't think a lot of people know about Robot Legs Darth Maul. I think we just live in a a secluded section where, you know, like everybody we know knows about this. Also, that's a, that's almost 168 hour catch up. That's a lot of episodes. It's like I mean, 25, there's like 25 episodes each seasons and there's six seasons. I don't even know. I don't even remember what Darth Maul was saying. I just, I was <laughs> amazed that he was in the movie. Yeah, I mean, Mario stood up. <laughs> I did. I was the only one standing up. There was no, there was no, there was nothing in our theater. No pop. There, there was no pop even when uh, Chewie and Han got into the seat together. Like, nobody did anything. And I've heard people say in their theaters, people clapped and stuff. I mean, our theater was, like, basically empty. I don't, I don't know about yours, Randy, but I'd say ours was 40% full at, at max. Yeah, I think mine was just about that populated. And, again, uh... Not a lot of crowd interaction with the screen, and I did let out like a, a, a verbal outcry when I saw Darth Maul, and like startled my wife, and like got some weird looks. Like I, I don't know how someone else could not have been excited or shocked by that, but yeah, just a, I guess a different crowd now. Yeah, I mean, and uh, just going to theater in terms of like interactivity too. Like this is like a terrible opening weekend for this movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I mean, I, I have seen things talking about how people, how everything Disney releases on Memorial day weekend, like bombs and they expect it, but I didn't think it'd do as bad as it's doing. It was like only, I mean, I think it did worse than Deadpool two right now. And it's like second week. I just think it had too much to go against. It had infinity war still, which still has legs. And then Deadpool just came out last week and that, it took almost 50 million from Han Solo. So, I mean, I just don't think it was the right time for Han Solo. They should have released it at Christmas time, and I think it would have it would have done way better. I really don't think we should be judging the movie though on how much money it's making. I mean, obviously, it's a big talking point. It's uh, everyone's talking about how it's not living up to the the Star Wars money power, but I mean, I still feel like people should go see it and have an opinion, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Because I was well, I, against it for how long, and I still want to go see it, and I still enjoyed it. I'm not really focused on how much money it made. I'm focused on just it showing uh, a lot of those people didn't think they needed the movie. Like, I think a lot more people were on your side, Mario, than you felt that they were. I mean, I think that's what the performance shows you, that it wasn't a priority for them because they didn't necessarily care. I've seen that a lot. And that's weird because when the buzz happened, it, it seemed like it, the whole... I don't know if you've seen it, Randy, but I feel like when they first announced it, everyone was so hyped for it, the idea of it. I actually feel like it was a little polarized. Um, I wasn't too crazy about it when I came out. I was like, well, I mean, Hans, like, he's a lovable character, but he's not a character that, like, I really want to unbox that much. I'm not crazy about that idea, but, um, you know, I knew I'd go see it. I had low expectations, but I mean... Yeah, I think there were people who were just super thrilled about it because they love Han and Chewie. And then there were, I don't know, I guess people like me that didn't really care one way or another. But I think the closer it got to it for me, the more I started taking it seriously and wanted to go see it. 
tell you what, I wanted more of Therm Scissor Punch. I don't know about you guys. Man, I was so disappointed. Yeah. It was such a quick flash on the screen, I didn't even get to see him. What do you guys think of like the creature designs and stuff in this one? I thought it was cool to see like a Rodian and a Twi'lek again, because you know the sequel trilogy's been all new aliens and uh you know, Rogue One I think you didn't really get to see a lot of those type of aliens in Rogue One, at least I don't remember or recall seeing a Twi'lek or something like that. Or a weak way. Just an old, you know what I mean? Just like something from uh, original trilogy or, or prequel era. I thought it was refreshing, um, especially the use of practical effects over CG on said creatures and species. And you were talking earlier about how this was like, a, it expanded the world. Uh, and I really appreciated that. Those are both creatures and and world are two things that I feel like I've been missing in the newer trilogies that have always been part of Star Wars. So, I mean, seeing it in this and even seeing a little bit of it in Rogue One have actually made me kind of enjoy these. I mean, if I can say so, like it's made me enjoy these more than I've enjoyed the main trilogies right now. Yeah, we've had a big uh, debate, the three of us, on the 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 prequel tri- or the sequel trilogy thus far and um you know we've argued from the plot last jedi and and things like that and and in uh world building especially with force awakens like uh building the government and and stuff like that and uh i mean i'm i'm on your side on on your comments there uh chris hawk uh i chris hawk you you like the last jedi and I know more recently you've kind of come to, especially we don't, we do pitch it or fix it episodes where we'll like pitch an idea for a movie. And Chris Hawk pitched this whole idea of a Star Wars story just to explain the government for Force Awakens and uh, something for Last Jedi. And it's funny because just like a couple weeks earlier, he was arguing with us about the the plot and stuff of the Last Jedi. So um, I, I agree with you, though. I, I think that. Uh, the Rogue One and and um, Han Solo have shown more of like, uh, how how can I say it? like, especially with the Empire's rule over the the world. I, I felt like you see it in those movies in Rogue One and in in um, Solo. You see the the Empire's reign a little bit more than you see like a what's the First Order in uh, seven and eight. I'll uh, I'll go out on a, a tangent here. Not really. I, it, this is a stretch. I think Rogue One, and I see. I didn't really like Rogue One that much, but I don't hate it. I think Rogue One and Solo, a Star Wars story, are almost building the like the Empire in a natural way, almost like like. The prequels wanted to do in terms of like setting things up for these the the original trilogy but i i think it feels more natural to me because they're not the focus it's not like the focus of the thing like the trade federation and everything these are just things that are happening in the background i, I mean i don't know i don't know if you guys understand what i'm saying or it makes sense but it just feels more natural to me and i like that i'm not i'm not saying i hate the prequels but you know i just it it does feel a bit forced Wait, the Empire's not a focus? Is that what you're saying? I, I'm saying it's it's good that they're world building, and it's not the focus. It's not the main plot. Are you liking the fact that the Empire's really not the main antagonist? Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, that's. I mean, essentially, they're just in the background, and you're seeing what's going on with common empire people. They're not the focus. You're not getting these big names, these big generals doing things. You just get, you know, the everyday empire operating. I mean, Almost, in Rogue, in Rogue One, it's kind of the empire operating and big name generals. Kind of. Well, it's. I mean, it's Peter Cushing and Ben Mendelsohn. Those are the big name generals and. That's basically what Rogue One all is, is the Empire. But they're not they're not the focal point. Like they're operating in the background doing their things. Like it's more about the team, I guess, instead of like like that team could have been stealing from anyone. It didn't have to be the Empire. I guess uh, I no, John, they had the plans, John. They had the well, plans. Well, obviously, but you, you could I mean that movie could work regardless of, you know, who the villain is if it wasn't Star Wars. It's like it's it's generic. It's a generic plot. Everybody dies. I hate it. Now, I I honestly thought I personally enjoyed Solo, in in more than than uh, Last Jedi, and me and Chris Hawk have already argued about this in a sense. But I I thought plot wise, I thought it was structured better than Last Jedi. I mean, how, how do you guys feel? I agree one hundred percent. Um, and mostly because I felt a little underwhelmed by The Last Jedi because of certain things that they didn't deliver. Um, yeah, that's... I'm like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe we, they're just going to spell those out with some... In the next movie, they got one more movie to do it, or they'll do it with some side movies. I don't know. But this plot felt very uh, well-paced. Uh, it felt like an adventure the whole time. And even though you you know how, you know, at least where Han Solo ends up, it still felt like uh, anything could happen. Now, I personally, like, just going off of me to ask you guys the, the next question and to see what you guys thought, I, I really liked the acting and I liked the, the, the actors and how well they played characters, but I personally don't know if I truly saw Donald Glover as Lando or if I saw, uh, what's his name, as, as Solo. Other than maybe a guy with Chewie, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like almost like I I wanted something different. Like I I felt like maybe maybe it's just me wanting something different. But I don't know if I saw those characters in those actors. I mean, how did you guys feel? Do you guys agree or disagree, Chris Hawk? Well, on the on the Lando front, I think Donald Glover did a wonderful job. As soon as I I really think his voice changed as soon as L three died, and when L three died. He sounded like uh, Billy D. Williams the um, the entire rest of the movie to me. So I think the way he's full of himself, the way he's you know he thinks of himself have high importance. He thinks he's the best. I think Donald Glover was the essence of that. It, I think for Aiden, and I think they're they're betting on more solo movies. I just don't think the Han Solo character is at a point where we can call him Han Solo yet. Like he's not. He doesn't fully have the mantle of Han Solo. So, I mean, I could I could see why you're saying you didn't see Han Solo because Harrison Ford is a damn hard actor to live up to. I mean, episode four, he is easily one of the most charming, at that time, Harrison Ford, most charming, most charming people in Hollywood at that time. I mean, undeniably, best smile. Dude's got great locks, great eyes. It's hard to beat that. It's really hard to top that charisma of Harrison Ford. And so I will agree with you. It, it was really hard for me to see uh, Han Solo in Aiden. 
but I think if we give him that one more movie where he fully he fully learns the lessons of Han Solo, I think he could do it. But I agree. I agree with you on the Aiden front, John. I I have one problem with Donald Glover. I really like Donald Glover. I don't know if you guys like as Lando. I don't know if you guys feel the same way though. And it, it applies to the guy who plays Han Solo too. They just feel too young to me. Donald, I know Donald Glover's not that young. Like he just looks like he's young. Like him and uh, I. I don't know what the Aiden's last name is. The actor who plays Han Solo. They just feel too young to me for it to be set ten years before Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, it, I was thinking the same thing. And I, Donald Glover's a small guy. That that also like kind of hurts him. You know, he's he's got a smaller stature. He's not bigger, and it doesn't. I, I think it translates to the screen that he is smaller. But I just feel that they they look a bit too small, and I have to suspend disbelief that uh, Han Solo is Han Solo. Like I have to just accept it. But I really did feel Donald Glover was Lando. I think I think he's you know easily one of the best actors in the movie from my perspective. I uh, I definitely enjoyed Donald Glover as Lando. Um, I thought his perform I thought his involvement in this story definitely showed you a lot of uh, his character's nature. By the time we get to the Empire Strikes Back, uh, so I didn't like the differences didn't really bother me because I realized that there is some time to change a character to develop a character uh as far as han solo goes uh, i thought that um aiden oh geez i'm gonna give it a shot here um <laughs> aaron reich i thought i thought he did nail some of the mannerisms very well and i was convinced that he could be a young and uh you know an immature han solo but one of the things that makes it uh, seem like there's such a huge gap between um, you know, his performance in Harrison Ford's is Harrison Ford's performance of Han Solo really tells you how much depth and history there is uh, to Han Solo. Like he has a lot of dimension that he delivers to the character. And, you know, at this point in Han Solo's story, you just simply don't have that. And, you know, that could be performance, but I really do think it has more to do with writing of the character. And you guys are kind of touching on, you know, there's going to be another solo film where he could do that. Um, and I do really feel like that's the direction it's going to go because, I mean, I got to be honest, at the end of the movie, I was really waiting for him, maybe not to confess his love um, to Kira, but to uh, somehow demonstrate that uh, he gets hurt by that. And that would, you know, somehow tie into his interactions with Princess Leia later. But like you guys are pointing out, there's a good chance that there's an entire additional movie to, to do all of that. But I like them both as their characters and I understand the gap, or at least that's how I understand the gap. For some reason, um, I, I, I'm just not sold on Donald Glover I, I, as Lando. I don't know. I, I, I feel like he forced the voice. It just felt really forced to me uh, personally. I don't know. Do you guys feel at any time maybe he forced his uh, Lando voice? I think he may have uh, because I really only noticed it at certain parts. And it seemed like it was something that was like, okay, remember to do this. And then the more he was actually naturally the character, it, it didn't seem like it was there as much. Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, I kind of have to wonder how much of Lando's voice originally was an artifact of 
um, the current trends, uh, you know, at the time that Empire Strikes Back came out. Mm-hmm. Um, like what was what was cool and hip then? Because his character is clearly cool and hip, um, and that might make it really hard to translate to something cool now. I guess I I just felt like he was trying too hard to do that Lando voice to be Lando. Is this how I felt? I don't know. I I could kind of see that. Like, you know, uh, it try, he tries a little hard in certain scenes, but I don't know if it's like noticeable, I guess. Like, it's not something that this stuck out to me and I really dwelled on, but I guess that's because it doesn't happen all the time. Mm hmm. It wasn't like the whole voice all the time. I, I think it uh, what the like one of the poker scenes. Yeah, kind of. He he definitely laid it on hard there when you first see him, and then it kind of it kind of changes. But I, I don't know. I mean, Donald Glover he he does talk like that, you know, in his his natural speaking tone. He does. He does try. To, he tries to sound cooler than I think you know he yeah. thinks he is. I've noticed that too in like recent interviews. He just sounds like he's trying too hard to be cooler. I don't know. It's the childish Gambino gimmick. He's living the gimmick. I don't know. Hey, I, mean, I have I have can. a question for you guys. We're talking about voices and recognizing uh some differences here or uh I mean, did anyone else think that Darth Maul's voice was not uh not that it wasn't authentic. It didn't seem like Darth Maul's voice to me, though. That's because um, Ray Park didn't do the voice for Darth Maul. Okay. He didn't do it in the original either, in episode one. It was the, originally, it was the uh, guy. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the one that uh, is screening the Guardians when they're in, uh, when they, when they uh, take them, the Nova Corps. Uh, he kind of looks like um, he's real tall and real goofy looking. I think he's in John Wick as well. He's the guy with the weapons or the suit. He did the voice the g- originally. The guy that did it in this is he did animated Darth Maul, right? Or am I wrong? No, oh, Sam Witwer. Yeah, he did the Clone Wars and he did Rebels for Darth Maul. He's he's also uh, he's in that game, uh, The Force Unleashed. Yeah, he was Vader's Vader. apprentice. Mm. Yeah, that's a cool little tie-in. There was rumors that he was going to be in Rebels, or, or they wanted him, or Dave Filoni wanted to bring in, make that character canon or something. And uh, I guess that this never got through through Lucasfilm, so that's uh, kind of interesting, too, that uh, something I saw. But speaking of like making stuff canon, I know you brought it up earlier, Randy, and uh, we kind of been alluding to like them... Uh, John said it too about bringing back things from the extended universe. It, it seems like they're kind of picking and choosing what to bring back here and there because the original Han story, you know, there, there's uh, it's like he helps save Chewbacca's family, right? And and uh, this one, you don't really get a sense of Chewie's family; you just get a sense of some that's other the sequel. That's the sequel. Yeah, Chewie didn't have time to complain about his life to Han. He hasn't, you know, got got to really know him on that level. I guess. I'm telling you, it's got to be the sequel. Wasn't that Chewie's family that escaped from the uh, mine planet? I think they were just other uh, Wookiees. Yeah, I'm pretty positive they're just Wookiees. I don't know. He was pretty intimate with one of the Wookiees. I think Wookiees just have that kind of bond. 
that you wouldn't understand. I don't know, man. I just think I think you're being presumptuous. I don't. Do you know that? Do you know the mating uh, rituals of Wookies? I think you're being presumptuous with <laughs> trying to say that that's his family. How about that, Chris Hawk? Yeah, you're right. Because they brought back Thrawn for the Rebels and, uh, you know, with the Cloud Riders and some of these planets in the mall and uh, a a lot of Solo's story from the extended universe is in Han Solo. I wonder what what else they're going to pick and choose to bring back, kind of. And I I, I know John feels like it, it seems like in a sense that maybe they're they're waiting for people to forget about it so that they can kind of claim it for their own. I don't know, Randy. I did. Randy, do you feel that way at all? Mm, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like they have all of this content laid out before them because people have already done it. And one of the things Disney um, replied with when there was an uproar about them just kind of saying, okay, everything that's expanded universe is no longer canon unless it's been on the screen or unless Disney has produced it, and it may or may not be canon as long as it does not interfere with what happens on screen. And that kind of like silenced everyone because they're like, I guess like, oh, well, I, I guess this could still be a thing. And I think Disney's kind of taking advantage of what's already been written. And yes, I do think they are picking and choosing from that. Like, well, we like this, but it's going to work better if we do this to it. Um, that is what it seems like to me, and it, it doesn't bother me because if you look at what it would have been or what it had been, yeah, it's it's way more than we're getting before. And I feel like this movie was just a huge nod to fans, even if it changed some things that people are really attached to. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of extended universe stuff that's very convoluted, and there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of books and stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't have an issue with them. You know, after I mean, at first I was like, "What? You're making uh, Knights of the Old Republic not canon, and and Jedi Knight Jedi Academy and and stuff that happened at Legacy? Like, what the heck are you doing?" But it, when you think about it, 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 there's so much extended universe. You almost have to do that when you're you're trying to establish what's actually uh, canon. So I can I can agree with what they did, but, but clean slate. Clean slate, but it's... Uh, Still the past. I don't know, John, how, how, what's your opinion? I mean, I've said it before. I, I, I don't see them acknowledging these things as extended universe anywhere. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Have they done that? Have they acknowledged that they're taking these things from the extended universe? You guys know? Um, just, I just... I, I listen to another podcast. It's like all Star Wars. And they talk about how... As fans, they talk about like the solo movie and certain things in Rebels and Clone Wars. It's taking from the extended universe, or, or you know, like, uh, or or that they're using in other books and stuff that they're developing. But I don't think Disney has actually came out and said that they're uh, saying certain things are being brought back. I think it's just uh, fans' acknowledgement, like saying, "Oh, that hey, that was an extended universe." Yeah, see, I think it would. I think it'd be nice if they formally acknowledge it. I just, I think they should with the amount they've been doing it. But I guess they don't need to. Nobody cares like I do. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, Randy. How, I, how, I, I, sorry, go ahead, John. I, no, I was just gonna say I'm completely cool with it. I don't. I don't have a problem. 
I was going to ask Randy how he felt about uh, a lot of the new books and comics and, and things like that. I haven't really touched a lot of the new novels. Um, I know they say you can't judge a book by its cover, but that's usually the first thing I do when I see a book. I wouldn't read it. Um, but as far as the comics go, um, I definitely enjoyed the comics way more when Dark Horse was uh, you know, publishing them. Yeah. And... I just, you know, I've tried a couple of times and maybe I need to come back and try again because it's been, you know, at least since um, The Force Awakens came out. But I've tried a couple of times with the more recent comics through Marvel. I just, they haven't had the same zeal to me. So, yeah. I agree because the Dark Horse, it almost seemed like they were doing a lot more innovative things where Marvel's just kind of taking these characters and just throwing them in situations. A lot of people like the Vader one. I don't know if you heard anything about that, Randy. Yeah, actually, I almost bought it. Uh, I got a couple issues of of that arc when it first came out, but um, I almost got the trade paperback because it was so acclaimed. Yeah, and I just have I haven't gotten into it. It's yeah, same thing. It's hard for me just to get into those and all the different novels. Like, uh, it, did this seem kind of like throwaways and tie-ins? And I, I don't know if I really, you know. It, with the extended universe, as much as there was, I feel like it was more uh, different missions and things like where this is just like everything's got to tie into something and it's kind of just a throwaway. Chris Hawk, you've been awfully quiet. Uh, extended universe stuff. I love the fact that Disney's using it. Uh, I mean, there is easily some dumb stuff in the extended universe. Oh, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Everything's cold. Everything's cool. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, why wouldn't you pick from the best ideas that some of the, some great authors, um, used specifically authors, not authors, authors. (laughs) but I, I mean, I've heard good and bad things about the Marvel comics, star Wars line. Uh, I will, I I will probably read them when their runs are done because I don't like to, if I if I get to a point where it stopped, I'm probably never going to come back to it. I, I'm going to forget about it. So I have I can't say anything about the, the comic runs. We kind of went on a big tangent off a of solo. Yeah, uh, we did. To to bring it back around though, because uh, we got to end this at some point. We spent a lot of time talking about just Star Wars in general. <laughs> uh, what are, what are some of your likes and dislikes? Um, you can do either. You can do alternate. You can go one, then the other. Let's start with Randy uh, to start it off. Uh, any major dislikes or likes we haven't brought up? Um, yes. So definitely, well, this isn't really major. I, I like to sometimes zoom in on super fine details and care about them more than I should. But I really enjoyed um, at least what it seemed to me to be the same creature where uh, at you know at the beginning of the movie when he throws the rock at the window and like fries that worm lady, um, yes, like whatever species she was looked like it was the same as uh, one of the species on the alien chessboard on the Falcon, and uh, I thought that was cool because we hadn't seen that creature otherwise in cinematic Star Wars. Um, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy the Marauders. I enjoyed their their costume designs. And another minor detail that I feel like they made a proper correction to, and I'm sorry if this upsets anyone, but was the design of Darth Maul's new legs. Um, I I never really liked the animal hind leg style that they had before. Yeah, that was. Like too, I agree. That was goofy. 
yeah, it felt like too much to me. It was cool design, but like this just looked more natural. Like, oh, okay, I could believe that those are his legs in the Star Wars universe. Um, again, dislikes. I mean, the only thing that really bugged me are some of the forced things that they put into the dialogue, uh, just explaining things like we wouldn't have otherwise figured that out or like it even needed to be done. Like, did we need to know why Han Solo was called Han Solo? Like, it just felt like low-hanging fruit. But, I mean, those are those are my main takeaways. Almost felt like, a, like they're given a rapper name. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, and also, um, Vision, uh, Paul Bettany, um, as Dryden Voss, super cool villain, in my opinion. Um, he should play more villains. Yeah, speaking of Paul Bettany, I think him being Vision takes takes away from me liking him as a villain i think if i hadn't seen him as vision before and like been it have it thrust in my face for a couple marvel movies now i uh i might like his his villain a lot more i just can't appreciate it i don't know i think that's me just being burnt out on him just because i've seen him recently i'm gonna agree with john uh it was really hard to disassociate vision from paul bettany for a little bit his voice is just so was almost the same same. yeah it's almost the same soothness and i was like oh no oh man you know what i'm gonna have to agree with randy on this one i actually liked paul bentley as the villain in this so we're gonna round it out (laughs) mario do you have any uh, likes dislikes comments on likes dislikes um i mentioned it earlier we haven't touched i mean obviously i like the Darth Maul surprise, as we said, I was the only one standing. Uh, super excited uh, to see that, see prequel stuff in Star Wars again. I, you know, because everything it almost seems like is original trilogy things that they're they're giving us with the books, comics, anything. It almost seems original trilogy. So I, I was just glad to see something prequel esque in the movie and. And, uh, you know, dialogue, same way. I thought there was a lot of things uh, weird. The plot, I thought the plot was really good. As I said earlier, I thought it was better than the last Jedi plot, I, it just personally. And I thought it was better structured and and uh, just, I guess, yeah, better structured. And and uh, just some of the things they mentioned that they shouldn't, I don't think they needed to mention that were like cuts to like foreshadowing or whatever and and why did the cloud riders have to be a tie into the rebel alliance i i don't i don't understand why you have to always tie that into the rebel alliance like we get it you there's a rebel alliance forming you don't have to tie everything back to that i don't know another dislike would probably be it's not a dislike i just didn't really see them as solo and lando to me so i i, I was mainly wanting more of something fresh, different characters. And, you know, Solo's choices, or him basically, they kind of portrayed him as almost a like a good guy. Like, because when you see him in, in uh, New Hope, he's, he's kind of a uh, scoundrel. And, and, you know, he has that big moment where he goes off with the money, the credits, and he comes back to save Luke. And, you know, I think that's a, such a big moment for his character because you're like, this guy is never going to, you think maybe he might go away. I mean, it, now we've seen it, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we know he's going to come back. But I feel like it almost ruins that moment, uh, some of the writing for his character in this movie. But th- that's just my opinion. Grizzle? 
I I think the the actors in this movie are the strongest part. I do believe that Landa, uh, Aiden, Don Glover, Emil Clark. Actually, I do want to put a shout out to her. I think she did really well in this movie after the disaster that is Terminator Genesis, and I think she did pretty poorly in that. I think she, I, I really like her role in this as she's kind of a damsel in distress, but then she becomes kind of a woman in power. Um, I do like that about her. She's very, she's very alluring. I think she's very, very pretty. Uh, I do believe she can kick ass. She can kick some ass. I do like John Favreau's character, who was in it for only like five minutes. That was pretty. Uh, I was pretty sad about that because John Favreau. You know, I like I like John Favreau. And I think I don't think we dwelled on uh, Woody Nelson, not Woody Nelson, Woody Harrelson a bit. I think Woody Harrelson has the strongest presence in the movie. He, you can definitely feel that he is a grizzled veteran bounty hunter, and I I totally get that from his presence in the movie, his 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 mannerisms, just how everyone kind of is around. Anyone around him is affected by Woody Harrelson's character. I I, I think he. Might be the best character in the movie. I, I think I would want a movie about uh, Beckett more than I want about Han Solo. Uh, this, I think, I'm going to echo Mario before this movie came out. I don't, I don't think like this is a negative. I don't think this movie elevates Han Solo's character. I don't think we truly needed to see this movie. Um, everything could have been in your imagination and it would have been a hundred times better. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll agree. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'll agree with that. Uh, just calling back to what Randy brought up earlier. If he, if there is going to be a sequel and there's a lot more that happens in between these, you know, 10 years, I think he's not there yet. And they may be planning to show us that they might scrap it though. If it doesn't do well, like they want to money wise, which would be unfortunate, and I think it would ruin the character if this is all we had. But I, I, I never thought about how much that could go into these ten years until you brought it up earlier. Uh, but I mean, that could be interesting. But in terms of my likes and dislikes, uh, I mean, just echoing what you guys said, uh, I think the casting is uh, really good. Uh, Mario may not agree, but. Uh, I mean, it's Donald Glover isn't for everybody. No, I mean, I like the acting. I like the, I like what they did. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't see them as Orlando and Han personally. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that can't come down to writing. Sometimes, just I, I, I can't believe Han Solo for a minute, but I don't know many people who could. I mean, everybody that's seen him that I've talked to, they don't, they don't believe it either. Uh, some of the the other likes, uh, just the world building, as we touched on earlier. I don't have a lot of dislikes, but I only saw the movie once, you know, and it kind of it kind of goes by fast for me. Like I felt like it. Yeah, I agree. Went by pretty quickly, so I can't I can't remember a lot that I disliked. But I don't know that I had time to dislike it realistically. But I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that. Yeah, I do. Um, I would like to see. Um, the Marauders or Cloud Riders. I'd like to see them in their own movie or have them. Them have an own their own movie. I think that'd be pretty neat, or anything comic series. I'd I'd pick that up in a heartbeat. Hey, we're not pitching things today. Well, well, okay, sorry. 
save it. Let's let's move to ratings, uh, just to, to wrap it all up. I mean, we could talk about stuff like this for forever, but we don't we don't have that kind of time today. So we're gonna let Chris Hawk go last because he has some sort of new device that he's testing. It's like a wormhole gun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he had the Similarity Rubicon. That was the name of it, Randy. It's called the Similarity Rubicon, or it was. And he compared mo- other movies to the movie we we were talking about. So I don't know what we don't know at all what this new grading scale is, but I'm sure it's going to be just as crazy. All right, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Before <laughs> we get there, we're going to go to the traditional grades that everybody can understand because you can just skip Chris Hawks if you know once you get past ours. Uh, so Mario, you start off. Give us uh, whatever random rating you're going to give us. Um, yeah, because I, I do like points, point, point uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I do weird stuff like that. I don't. I'm gonna give it an eight point six out of ten. I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed That's it. High. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, and I, I mean, honestly, I do agree that this. I still think that this movie really doesn't need to be. We didn't really need to see it, like Chris Hawk was saying, but. For what it was and what I got to see, I really enjoyed the plot and the the heist elements, and I think that goes really cool with Star Wars. Uh, maybe I don't know. It was just really neat to see that on screen. So for Star Wars, so I I was very high on it. How much I enjoyed it. Randy, if you had to give it a rating, could you? And what would it be? Yeah. Um, I think as a movie as a whole, it's probably lower than what I'm going to give it, but. Um, as a Star Wars movie, amongst other Star Wars movies, I would probably give it a four and a half out of five. Uh, it was a home run for a Star Wars film, but I mean, if, if you're not a Star Wars fan, probably still enjoy it, but not for the same reasons. Yeah, I completely, I mean, completely echo that. I uh, Out of ten, I, I think I have to rate it Lord Mario, which is, I don't know that I'd ever expect that out of the Solo movie. I, I would give it an 8.5. It's only point one, but that's a difference. Whoa, you said lower than me? I thought you were going much lower than that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought you were no. going much lower than that. No, no. I just, you know, it's not bad. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, and I'm comparing it to the other Star Wars story that I have that I didn't like. But, but uh, uh, Chris Hawk, let's, 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 let's hear this. Let's hear the new system. Right, it's, it's really not as crazy. So just lower the hype. It's not that hype. I just... I wanted to think of a scale that was that was more like Chris Hawk and how he views movies. So I, I'm basing it on three things. I'm calling it the Hawk Factor. Milkshakes? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, probably my like the two things I looked for most in movies, and that's the acting and the entertainment value. And for this movie, the acting was really, really good. It was really high. I think everyone did felt fantastic. I, for standouts, it'd have to be Woody Harrelson. It would have to be Kira. Uh, em- Emilia, uh, is it Emil? Emilia? Emilia, Clark? yeah. Emilia Clark, and I think Donald Glover. I think they're the standout standouts of this movie. I look forward to their parts. They they brought something to this movie. They were the hearts of this movie. There's nothing to say about. That's uh, not dwindling Aiden's performance at all. I just I think he was going against the mountain, and it was very hard for him to overcome it. I think he did good as a creamy little baby Han Solo. Did great. I mean, like John said, real young, super young. So 
I think acting in this movie is real strong. They didn't skimp on the acting altogether good. Entertainment-wise, I think this has some of the more fun heist elements that Rogue One should have had. I think the heist element in this one, the heist itself, and then the escape is... Well, they didn't escape. Well, they did escape uh, in Rogue One. I think the escape in this one, when they go through the Kessel, I think that's really great. The CGI for the tentacled monster and the gravity well, I thought all that was very fun and it was legitimate good fun. And so for the last final the last final uh, grade of what I graded on is the, the vibe factor. And did I vibe with this movie? Was this a movie that Chris Hawk instantly got? And I'm going to have to say no. And that's probably why I didn't like this movie as much as you guys. This movie did not resonate with me as a Star Wars fan or as like a movie fan. It was just, to me, it was just a good movie. It didn't, you know, this is not a movie that Chris Hawk is going to remember. It's, I am probably least, I, I probably liked it the least out of all you guys. It just, something about this movie did not slip, flip a switch. You know, usually when I go see movies and I'm, and I'm obviously into them, there's something that, like, it's almost like a mental switch and I'm into it. For this movie, Han Solo, it just didn't do it for me. And that's that's the Hawk factor. You know, Chris Hawk, I feel like uh, that's closer to the uh, Chris Taku grade you used to have. Uh, Randy, he switched his uh, grading scale like three times <laughs> already. Uh, so, I don't know. I think you got to work on it a little bit. I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, one out of 10 for Chris Hawk's new rating system. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to be a little higher on maybe, a, maybe a 2.8 out of 10 on the, on the new, the Hawk factor. Randy, what's your grade for the Hawk factor grading scale? I don't think it's done yet. So I don't think I can give it a grade. Uh, oh God, keep being, trying until you find what works, man. Being fair. I don't think we need that. We don't need that kind of positivity towards Chris Hawk. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, Randy, for being on today. Uh, yeah, thank uh, you, Ran- I, I, uh, thank you, Randy, for real, for real. That, you had really good opinions, and and uh, you have a good voice. And uh, I, we, I, I, you know, as John was saying, we appreciate you, you know, for being on. It was awesome. I think. Thanks, guys. I was happy to be on here for sure. Um, you guys are a lot of fun. It's a cool little roundtable you got. Yeah, and uh, what what do you got going on? What do you want to you know just throw out there? You don't have to sell yourself, but uh, I know oh, you've got I, some stuff going no, on. Sell so yourself, do it. Yeah, if I were to trip and fall and drop a shameless plug, it would be. Um, uh, you can check it out on my podcast channel uh, if you just search uh, Black Star Audiobook, and I'm making an audiobook. If you haven't listened to it yet, I promise you, it's not boring like a lot of audiobooks are. There's like full sound design, like explosions and lasers. It's all sci-fi and original music, and voice acting, not narrating. Uh, and that's called Black Star. So if you check that out, um, you won't be let down. You can follow me on Twitter at Black Star on Air. Um, and if you really like the story, you can make a pre-order at randygreermusic.com slash blackstar. And you can also just download the first two chapters there for free. So check it out. Already, yeah, I mean, I, already did it, just now. Yeah, Mario will definitely check it out. He's the the king of the podcasts, and I, I mean, I've given it a look. I'll give it a listen. But we really appreciate you coming on. You said two things I love. You said uh, audio drama and uh, sci fi. So I'm already on. I'm already looking it up. That's like two of the three things that define Mario Bakari. <laughs> well, great. 
So, Wario, where can you find us? Uh, what are we doing on that social media? Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well if you uh, search Cinema7Pod. Uh, at Cinema7Pod. Uh, underscore pod. I'm sorry. Cinema7 underscore pod. I'm getting a lot. We've uh, changed a lot of our. Uh, th- like on. Uh, we're on YouTube now as Cinema7Pod. Uh, we're on um, Instagram, same thing, Cinema7 underscore pod. Uh, Facebook, we're just Cinema7. And, uh, you know, how we spell 7 is we replace the S with the number 7 uh, just to be different. And uh, we're on Vero True Social. You can look us up on there, Cinema7. I think we're just Cinema7 Podcast. Uh, you can definitely look us up on our website, the loneliest website on the internet, Cinema7Podcast.com. Uh, it's it's like uh, being at Chernobyl when you go visit it. Uh, just saying. So go check it out. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, maybe you got a little more views than that, but uh, definitely check us out. And, and you can totally support the podcast on Patreon. Uh, it's it's patreon.com uh, backslash C- uh, Cinema7. Uh, you can uh, donate as little as a dollar, and uh, you, you can get uh, a sticker and stuff like that. We're, we're working on... Uh, changing it up a bit so there's more ways to get you involved on the podcast and and uh like like i said we're on youtube so we're trying to do more exclusive things to youtube like a short uh take or we'll interview you and get and get your opinion and we'll put it up on our youtube or something like that just to have more opinions out there and uh get more people involved and as always you know i said i'd thank everybody that ever donated and it's a small list right now, but you know, we appreciate you, Marb Carr's mom, uh, Marb Carr, and myself, Joey Hill. I, there's another guy I can't ever remember his name. He might be on the podcast. I don't. Chris Hawk, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a really weird grading scale. I think <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And I, I read on Kotaku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, oh, man. you know. Mary Bakari's mom, you know, she's always a, been a great supporter, and we just, also, we appreciate her. We saw Mario's mom last night. It was pretty cool. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, we went to WWE, and uh, j- just a little quick summary for Randy, too, because he's new the, to us, is uh, my family, uh, my dad was big into pro wrestling, he, he became a pro wrestler, and uh, my mom remarried a, a guy who was into pro wrestling. So he knows some guys, and he got tickets to go. So, of course, you know, my mom had to come up and be like, Oh, hi, Mary. Who's all your friends? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that was interesting. It sounds like it. That's a that's a good story for another time. <laughs> well, uh, well, with that, Chris Hawk, sign us off with the classic Chris Hawk send-off. So we want to thank, again, Randy for coming on for Blackstar to being our guest. Thank you, Randy. You're welcome. So as always, from us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for exploring with us. So, Mario, 
you recorded the Skype call, right? Yeah. My audio on that too? Yeah. Bye, guys.